First, let me tell you about Liberty Safe. Liberty Safe, best built safe on America, bar none. It is the best in the industry. You can go to Cabela's right now. A lot of the Cabela's safes, uh, if they say Cabela's on them, it's actually Liberty Safe. You can check um, just to make sure. They also sell Liberty Safes there, and they're having a big uh, sale. Also, you can get all the special deals and everything else at LibertySafe.com. Find a dealer around you, but if you really want to store your guns and all the things that you have that you need to make sure nobody's getting into, it's Liberty Safe. Best built safe on the planet, bar none. It's Liberty Safe. Go to LibertySafe.com. That's LibertySafe.com. And, and don't forget, you got to just go to their Facebook page or LibertySafe.com and just spend a few minutes just looking at how they test these things that's just a fun waste of time if you have time to waste the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment this is the glenbeck program a lot of people say the muslims are coming the muslims are coming Actually, I don't know anybody who says that. But that's how a speech was opened up by a U.S. congressman at a at a care presentation this weekend in Chicago. A lot of people say the Muslims are coming. The Muslims are coming. Well, the Muslims are here, as she continued. The Muslims are here, and we're in Congress. So, what does that mean? Well, you have to look at who's behind uh, what's happening in our country, and we have a very interesting look at who's behind things as we prepare for a special tonight at five o'clock we're going to get into that in exactly one minute as we begin the show this is the glenn beck program simply safe home security only 17 percent of homes in the u.s have a home security system really that i'm shocked by that because they used to always say like well if you have a home security system uh then the the burglars will go to different houses they'll just avoid your house And, and i thought you know, that was tr- probably true for a while, but, you know, people... Everybody have, has everyone a... Everyone has one now, so that can't... No, no apparently not. That's, that's very much full in, in force. I remember as a kid, people used to put the signs out front. Could I just buy... A neighbor would put that on, you know, put in a security system, and we'd ask, could you ask him for another sign? And we'd put it in our yard. Uh... No, they, 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 they never helped us. But anyway, <laughs> 17%, that is a crazy number. And probably because it, you think that security is really expensive. It's not. All that crap about, well, these are thousands of dollars worth of equipment that will take you years to pay off is bullcrap. Go to simplysafebeck.com right now and see how inexpensive it is to have top-of-the-line security cameras and uh, alarms and everything else for glass break sensors. You name it, they have it. And you will save literally thousands of dollars on the system. Uh, And you're not going to believe how inexpensive it is. You're going to be mad. If you do have security, you're going to be a little angry, I think. Because you can be like, I've been ripped off all these years. Yeah, yeah, you have. Stop it right now. SimplySafeBeck.com. $14.95 a month just to uh, have the monitoring. I don't know, by the way, if it's 99 or 95 I don't know. I know it starts at $14. It's under $15. And it's SimplySafeBeck.com. That's SimplySafeBeck.com. I want to bring in uh, Jason Buttrill, um, who is our chief researcher 
and a, a guy that has worked with me for a very long time. And quite honestly, we're starting to get, find some things that are really spooky as hell. Um, and I want to talk to you a little bit about socialism uh, because we found something. You know, when we were at Fox, we always talked about top down, bottom up, inside out. And we talked about how they did it to Hungary. Well, Hungary, actually, and I don't know how we missed this. Hungary was not the first place the socialists tried it, the communists. And they started calling themselves socialists intentionally and changed language. The first place they flipped was Czechoslovakia. And they did it within three years. And it was a pro-free market civilization uh, that wanted nothing to do with communism. And they flipped it behind the Iron Curtain in three years. We've just found something that was never supposed to come out from behind the Iron Curtain. Um, and we found the, the original plan on how to do it. And you are not going to believe how much of it has already been done here in just the last few years. Also, at that care thing in Chicago um, this weekend, uh, who is the um, Talib? Talib. Talib. She was speaking at the at the the care um, convention or hearing or whatever it was, and uh, she was one of the keynote speakers. And she was talking about how um, you know we're here now and we are in Congress and yada yada yada. And uh, it was a pretty powerful, pretty powerful speech. They also have had a plan on how to infiltrate and take the nation through Hamas and Hezbollah. And we've told you about this for a long time. However, we I believe we are in a very dangerous state. Even Rahm Emanuel in Chicago is saying you you have to sanction. You have to sanction these people. Because it's getting really bad. Uh, Tonight at 5 o'clock, we're going to uh, begin a dialogue with you on just Congresswoman Omar. And what we have found on Congressman Omar is uh, should wake you up. If you are a Democrat, uh, and I don't mean a Democrat in Washington. I just mean an average Democrat. and You care about your country. You need to watch this. You, if you have a friend who's a Democrat, uh, you have a friend who is Jewish, you have a friend who's not an anti-Semite, should be all of them, um, send this episode to them. This is a very important episode. Jason, give me the, just give us the headlines of, of what we've, what we're going to reveal tonight and how we're putting it together. So, when you first, when we first started talking about Omar, I uh, I just wanted to like see like well, I, I was trying to find out where the origin of our anti-Semitism was. Mm-hmm. So we just started looking at that, and the more and more I got into looking at that, her like entire like story is this weird like spiral of crazy town. Yeah, we <clears throat> we have to start the show tonight, and and what's crazy is we have to start with something that is not verified, and I hate doing that. But the AP has done investigations, and the AP says this isn't right far as there's something wrong here. And uh, it leads us to believe these things, but we can't verify any of them because 
she has uh, she has deleted all of it, or she is um, uh, she won't answer any questions on it. But there's some crazy things on how she and her family got into America that really need to be cleared up. Yeah, there's a, then that's just one. There's we're we're gonna look at three different things that are not verified right now that. If it hit anybody else, this they, it would be like national scandals. It'd be plastered all over the media. There'd be investigative journalists at the New York Times, Washington Post, all over this. I this know big. they would. This, these are big. And, and especially, like, she refuses to answer to any of these scandals. Mm-hmm. And not only that, she's actually gone in and looks like deleted evidence that would have proved it otherwise. And there is evidence, really good, solid evidence. So this is what the AP is. I mean... We're not just taking this from blog sites or something. We are looking at it and what is the closest to verified. And even the AP says this is really pretty strong stuff here. And she keeps deleting these things. Um, the the perjury that she has committed on uh, the way she or her brother or her husband uh, came into the country. She testified on something, and we have evidence tonight that's an absolute, total lie, and she knows it. And we're not the only ones who have said this, but we're probably now the biggest ones to say this. And you need to see it, because in the next chapter, in the, the tonight's episode, in the second uh, tier, we go into her connections to Hamas, Hezbollah, uh, uh, you know, CARE, all of these really, really dark organizations. And, yeah, you, you talked about infiltration uh, into the government. I, I've never I've been looking at this for a while and I've never seen it at the level that it is now. There was a uh, there was a shot of uh, Linda Sarsour with a group of men uh, last week when they went to go support uh, Omar when this vote was going down, the anti-Semitism vote. So I sent I sent uh, Jason a video that I found of Linda Sarsour and this group of men going in to Congresswoman Omar's office. And it was really odd. And there was a, uh, I think, a, a former Muslim woman from the Middle East who was videotaping it, or she had her phone, and she was like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And they're blocking her. And they obviously knew who she was, and she knew who they were, but I didn't know. And I sent it to Jason, and I said, "Jason, look at this. What what's happening here? Who are these people?" Um, I don't know if I should say now who that was because I don't want to spoil like <laughs> this. This is insane. But the main person that's there, let's just say he has been outed in court documents. He has been labeled as the FBI by the FBI as someone that supports uh, terrorism in a roundabout way. Terrorism. Yeah. Uh, yes. Like it, it's fully documented. The organization that he's that he is the uh, head of. Um, I, I don't know why people aren't talking about it today. As far as what, how they were established and what their end game is, what their goal is. Everyone just seems to have forgotten, and I, I just can't believe it. Like I would, st- if I was the FBI or DOJ, I would be starting an investigation today. This if- is weird because I was uh, I was listening to CNN today. They didn't talk about this at all. They <laughs> did mention, however, that Donald Trump had a picture taken with a person 
who ran the spa chain that Robert Kraft went to. Oh my gosh. Um, now she didn't, she doesn't currently run it, but she ran it. She opened it and then sold it. And she hasn't been working there for a long time, but that is unfreaking believable. Entire segment when you on that. see this, when you see this tonight, when you see this, you, it, you will be much more angry at the mainstream media than you already are, because this is locked down with an exception of the opening segment which i will clearly say this part we don't know because we can't get the information because she keeps deleting it but we give you the a very strong case and a very strong case uh that is verifiable that she committed perjury on her way uh, in front of an immigration court um and it's it's 100 percent verifiable so when we show that and then we come back after the break and show you the second part, I'm telling you, you are going to know when when the president says oh, the press, is the enemy of the people, I, I'm uncomfortable with that. I don't like that language. But when you look at what's happening here and they are focused on somebody who owned a spa years before anything bad happened to it and donald trump took a picture with that woman they are the enemy of the people they're the enemy of the republic because they're not doing their job if we had a bunch i don't care if they were the best uh of pilots in the world the best fighter pilots in the world if they were sitting on their bunks while a squad of f-16s from any other dangerous country were flying in if we had a bunch of guys, the best in the world, sitting at NORAD, and they saw missiles launched from North Korea, and they were like, you know what, guys? Did you see what Donald Trump tweeted last week? And they, were, they decided to go play games. I would say they were the enemy of the United States. Well, that's the kind of misconduct that is happening right now. And that's just on this one topic. I want to come back and talk to Jason about socialism uh, and what we also found this weekend that is mind-boggling. And we're preparing another special for that. And we'll give you some information on that coming up in uh, one minute. You're never more than a minute away from the broadcast. Uh, we just uh, need to tell you about X Chair here, and then we'll be right back into the show. Uh, X Chair, really great chair really great chair um this this morning i was sitting back i i may have rested my eyes for a minute just because of the stupid time change uh but uh it is the most comfortable chair you sit in this thing and it is like a like a recliner in many ways it even has a foot rest if you use the promo code back when you uh, call or when you go to the website, but it comes with a footrest and it is so comfortable. It's got all the back support that you need and they have them in all sizes. They have them in all fabrics and leather, and they also have them uh, in any price range. Uh, X chair, X chair, go to X See what I'm talking about. Try it out for 30, 30 days. If you don't like it, send it back. No questions asked 30 day money back guarantee 
X Chair, and they have a new financing option. You can pay as little as $30 a month. It's X Chair. On sale now for $100 off, plus you get the free footrest if you use the promo code BECK at xchairbeck.com. That's xchairbeck.com. Use the promo code BECK, and you'll get the free footrest at xchairbeck.com. 10 seconds, station ID. So, Stu, do you remember the case we made um, years ago about socialism and uh, how communism was uh, was brought into Hungary? Do you remember this? Yes. So what they did was they got a lot of communists elected and put into their system of government, mm-hmm. but they weren't calling themselves communists at the time. And they they infiltrated that and then they infiltrated the media and then they had the bottom rise up. They started doing things or letting things go and undermining the system. And eventually things got so out of control that the, the bottom rose up and said, you've got to stop this. It's exactly what the socialists did under Hitler. The socialists had the brown shirts, the National Socialist Army, brown shirts and they caused so much chaos that the people rose up and said okay somebody's got to make this stop and hitler did same thing in hungary it became chaos the people said we need somebody to control this and the soviet tanks rolled in remember Mm -hmm. top down bottom up inside out well jason while he's doing some research on some other things he came across uh a a booklet that I cannot believe that we didn't find earlier, but it's it's not well known. It was never supposed to come out into the general public. It was written by a communist for the communists on how to take Czechoslovakia. And Czechoslovakia fell in a peaceful transition of power, uh, fell from a relatively free market system to a socialist system to a communist system in three years three years mm. it's 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 it really is amazing so like after the yalta conference when they did the agreement stalin couldn't just roll in and do a you know a you know a october revolution all mm. over uh western europe that was like in it like roosevelt made sure right. to put that in that you can't just roll in and, and do all this stuff so the communists were like well, crap like how do then how do we spread communism like how do we fulfill our dream because there were all these like democratic systems now like in Czechoslovakia they had a parliament and uh so the communists uh in eastern europe at the time were like okay well we know we can do this but we have to do it legally so how do we do it legally so they devised this plan and in this pamphlet you're talking by the way this pamphlet is kind of a, it's a, that's a completely other story on just how hard to find this sucker is yeah it's up to six hundred dollars you want to buy one six hundred bucks and it's 50 pages long mm-hmm. 50 pages long so it, this it ranges from two hundred to six hundred, um, and it's if you know where to look, you can find the thing just to be able to download online. But six hundred dollars for a pamphlet, but when you start reading through it, there's actually uh, I guess some motive that people might have to not want this to get out into the general public. Big motive. It is a play-by-play handbook on if you don't want to break the law and you want to work within the system. But you want to change a capitalist democracy into a socialist dictatorship of the proletariat, which is a direct quote within this uh, uh, pamphlet. 
This is how you do it. So it's a way almost of bringing uh, socialism through democratically. I don't know what you'd call that. Something like a like democratic a democratic socialist, socialist or something like that. Yeah. You'd almost call it that. Uh-huh. <laughs> exactly. It is. It, it, and Stu, I read it last night and it is, your eyes will fall out. Mm. Your eyes will fall out. You'll be like, what? wait, wait, wait. That's Ocasio-Cortez. Oh my gosh, look at that. That's what the media is doing right now. Uh, that's Congress right now. That's what this bill is about. It's crazy. It's so blatant, Stu. This will blow your mind. Like, in, in part, like they were the first ones to say, hey, um, how do we, uh, like, they brought up the, the, the first uh, wealth tax. They called it the millionaire's levy. Now, <laughs> it wasn't so, like, people like uh, um, Senator Warren are, are, are saying the exact same things. Mm-hmm. But what they don't, what Warren won't say, this guy, the author, Jan Kozak, who was the actual official historian for the Communist Party uh, in Czechoslovakia, he was like, well, the whole reason why we did the millionaire's levy it wasn't because we didn't really we didn't want to give we didn't care about giving the money to the people. That's not what we cared about. We just wanted to isolate capitalists and anyone that opposed us. We wanted to say from the bottom, the activists that we had working and pushing up, we wanted to say, hey, look, you know, they they, they uh, these people care only about the millionaires. They care only about the one uh, percenters like that's that, that's who the, the politicians care about. We care about you. So it was all an, as an isolation tactic. It had nothing to do with actually giving to the poor. Mm. But this is how you start it. So they started with the millionaire's levy. Then they moved on to, you know, there's these uh, businesses, you know, that um, they're only in it for themselves. And they're getting too big. And they're monopolizing. So we need to find a way to co-opt them with the government. Now, this is already sounding familiar if you think, like, think about what's happening with big tech like Google, Facebook, or you know, companies like that. But they're like, if we can find a way to co-op them, then we can show the people that we have their best interests in, in mind. And eventually, co-opting them with the government turns into full-on nationalization. Full-on nationalization. Then they, then they moved on from there to uh, confiscating private property, redistributing uh, large farms and stuff like that in large industries over to smaller, you know. It, it was a step-by-step-by-step process. And the scary thing is, as you said, you can completely see where we're at in, 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 this, uh, in this cycle right now. And we're pretty close to the end. We're pretty darn close to the end. It's, <laughs> you, there's a feeling that I think people have. That I, I was talking to a guy he parks cars and uh, and we were standing out in the parking lot the other day and we were just talking and I said, you know, how you how you feeling about stuff? And he said, Glenn, I know you've been talking about this for a long time, but he said, but I didn't really think that, you know, I thought we were going to have some trouble times. He said, I think we're about to lose our country. I I feel like the free market system. And what we know as protected by the Bill of Rights is about to be lost. And he's right. You're listening to Glenn Beck. You know what's crazy about that? Oh, wait, wait. sorry. We have to let me tell you about Relief Factor. Uh, Relief Factor. Um, I will tell you, uh, somebody said to me, boy, you're on this painting storm. Yeah, I am because my hands work. Uh, I'm not in massive pain with my hands. I can actually paint now because of relief factor, relief factor. What is it that you have given up on? What is it that you have thought? I can't do it anymore. Lifting up your grandkids, getting under the table, playing with the kids. What is it? If you have some sort of pain, you're not alone. 100% drug-free. It was created by doctors. They have a three-week quick start. And 70% of the people who take it for three weeks, as directed, three times a day, they go on to order more month after month after month after month because it works. 
Call them, 800-583-84 or relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com. If you want to see the episode uh, tonight that we've been talking about this whole half hour, you can see it. If you subscribe at uh, blazetv.com, use the promo code BECK and save 10 bucks. This podcast is sponsored by simplysafe.com slash Glenn. I love doing commercials for Simply Safe because I have this system. In fact, I have it in my office even where we have a lot of collectibles. So when we lock up the doors on the weekend, we know nobody's going to, you know, steal the ruby slippers or the cup of a carpenter. Simply Safe is the best home security. They believe nothing should come between you and protecting your home. Simply Safe has created a system where you own the the alarm system. So for $14.95 a month, they give you the 24/7 monitoring. It's all wireless so you don't have to worry about somebody cutting the lines or the power going out. All of it still works. Get a jump on protecting your home the Simply Safe way. simplysafe.com/glen. G L E N N. No time like the present. This is how you protect your home and your stuff. simplysafe.com/glen. Welcome to the program. No, you can't do it. Pat's trying to adjust the Ocasio Cortez painting. Uh Ocasio or uh, Alexandria knows best. Can we get a shot of that real quick? Is that possible? Does that thing move? Um, We've got 83 cameras in, in the here. Back. There's not one that... Huh. It's pointed there. There it is. There's Ocasio-Cortez. There she, uh, she knows best. <laughs> and uh, she does. She was out at the uh, uh, South by Southwest, yeah. and they loved her. Oh, my. Loved her. You know that CNN panel we played for you last week? Uh, they all said none of them wanted Joe Biden for president. Mm-hmm. Every one of them. Well, there were only six, but still... All of them love Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. She's just so great in the future of the party. Really? She's wrong on oh, everything. She is so ignorant on, on virtually every single issue. Here's what she said at South by Southwest about Ronald Reagan. This is amazing. I think a perfect example of how special interests and the powerful have pitted white working-class Americans against brown and black working-class Americans in order to just screw over all working-class Americans. The unions? Is she going after um, the unions here, I assume? Is, um, no, you're going to be surprised. No, she's is not. Reaganism oh. in the 80s when he started talking about welfare yeah. queens. Right. Oh, Remember so that? you think about this image, welfare queens. Think about that And image. what he was really trying to talk about was, was. This, he was painting this photo. He's painting mm. this like really resentful vision of essentially uh, black uh, women uh, who uh, were no. doing nothing that were sucks on yeah. our country. Mm. Right? What? And it's it this whole tragedy of the commons type of Thinking, thinking where it's like, because these one, this one specific group of people that you are already kind of subconsciously primed to resent, uh-huh. you give them a, a different reason that's not explicit racism, but still rooted in a racist caricature. Um, it gives people a logical, re- a logical reason to say, oh, yeah, no, toss out the whole social safety net. Okay. She's, she's so she's nuts. wrong on everything. Now... What she doesn't mention is that Ronald Reagan wasn't even talking about a a group of people. He was talking about one specific person and giving an example of how, in some cases, the welfare system is completely out of control. 
he was talking about Linda Taylor. He never mentioned her by name, but that's who this was. Uh, he said, there's a woman in Chicago. She has 80 names, 30 addresses, 12 social security cards, and she's collecting veterans benefits on four non-existing deceased husbands. Uh, he said, and she's collecting social security on her cards. She's got Medicaid, getting food stamps, and she's collecting welfare under each of her 80 names. Oh, my gosh. Her tax-free cash income alone is over $150,000. This is in the 80s. 1976. 76? 1976. She's That's making like 500 000. grand or more. And the woman was mostly white. She was not black. She claimed to be black a few times. No, no. She had uh, Native American heritage. No, Alexandria knows best. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling yeah. you, she knows best. I, it's, Look she's deep so into her eyes. Dangerous, because people are responding to her. Well, listen to this. Uh, for anybody who, for anybody who says that they're not gonna get rid, of, they're socialists. That's there's a different kind of socialism than in Venezuela. I want you to hear what she said this weekend about capitalism. Here it is. Um, isn't to me is it's an ideology of capital. It puts Ooh, capital wow. the most important Deep. thing is the concentration <laughs> of capital. Yep. And it mm. means that we seek and prioritize profit yep. and the accumulation mm-hmm. of money mm-hmm. above all else, yes. and we seek it at right. any well, human and it. environmental cost. Yes. That is what it? that means. That's to what me, that, means. that ideology mm-hmm. is not sustainable not, and cannot be not. redeemed. Right. right. Well, uh-huh. if that's what... Hang on just a second. Look deeply into her eyes. Mm-hmm. She knows best. That's what capitalism means to her? Yeah, well, that's it? not what capitalism actually means. Although you know, it's based on capital. <laughs> I got that because it's part yeah, of the word capitalism, yeah. right? right? I, I, yes. That, I like the part where, because I mean, how many times in our secret <laughs> meetings of capitalists have we discussed the idea that we want to enrich a few people at any human cost? Any human it's cost. almost on all of our bumper stickers. Well, yeah, yeah. It's just such an obvious it's thing. It's the first thing yeah. said at all of our um, based on capital meanings. Yeah, we all repeat it. At any human or an environmentalist cost. It's like... I, In fact, we like it better when it hurts people. It, yeah, that's... It's it ma- more fun that way. It makes the money sweeter. It does. It, t- it, does. it tastes just a does. little does. better. They yeah. say blood diamonds are bad. Blood diamonds. Oh, blood capital is blood the way to go. Blood money is mm-hmm. delicious. <laughs> I love it. I mean, it's so ridiculous. How can anybody take her Jeez. seriously? But they, they do. Are. They do. They do. They are. Listen but to this. This is do. a new poll. Uh, this is from um, Axios. Mm. Uh, generation Z has more positive view of the word socialism than previous generation, along with millennials. It's because they don't know what socialism You want to know what socialism is? Venezuela. It's the new diet plan. It's sweeping the world. You'll lose 100 pounds in 60 days. They are more likely to embrace socialist policies and principles than any past generation. Government should provide universal health care. Millennials and uh, Generation Z, 73%. Just so you know, the whole population is now 66.7. You want to talk about moving the Overton window. When we talked about this 10 years ago and said they're moving to a single-payer system, they're moving to 
uh, a government-run system. We were crazy. We were crazy. That will never happen. Racist. Government should provide tuition-free college. The average person, 56.2. Over 50% say yes. Say yes. Wow. M- millennials in general and uh, Generation Z, 67%. Jeez. I prefer living in a socialist country, 37% general population, Jeez. 49% millennial and Generation Z. And 37 is way too high. Way too, way too high, high for Go the ahead. general population. Go for it. Go for it. They're all looking for new people to support their system. Socialist countries are yeah. more than happy to welcome you if you have any money at all to pay for any of the programs because they're all in desperate trouble and, and need need more money. So they're gonna have, they'll welcome you if you want to go to one. Just don't screw our thing up. Uh, support abolishing ICE, 29.7 for the general population. Millennial and Generation Z, 43.1. Hmm. Have a September 11th and you'll see how much you enjoy it. High earnings result of free enterprise. 67% of the general uh, millennial and Generation Z is 71%. That's reversed on that one, by the way, uh, Glenn. Uh, the, the average population thinks uh, free enterprise is helping with wealth uh, th- more than the younger generations. Uh, all the other ones, you're reading that backwards because we have a broad, oh my black gosh. and white printout. Oh. That's why... Uh, Oh, you're kidding me. Yeah, right. So this one is actually, again, once again, the average population is saying, wait a minute, okay, yeah, free enterprise is a good thing, leading to positive things, high earnings. And what, is, what do the millennials think high earnings are a result of? Uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's will? I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Government should allow, should allow private insurance. <laughs> Only 78% of millennials in... No, seventy-eight oh, percent of the general public. If you see the darker line there, that's, says that's, th- yes, seventy-eight percent. Right. The general public does agree with that. That's. A, I mean, that's an amazing. Uh, the the bottom line here, I guess, Jeez. is if you look at this stuff, is that we, you know there always has been this situation where you start off as you're younger, right, and you embrace these sort of ridiculous ideas and as over time with life experience you wind up becoming more conservative right like we've seen that it used to be the thing of uh, no one goes the other way you don't start off really conservative and then wind up being liberal it's very rare for that to occur as we see here Mm -hmm. i mean the further we get down this road even if they back off from some of these claims they're still socialists yeah right they're still so far past what the american people and and for the generation z and the millennials they uh, first of all, the education system has warmed them up to socialism. No, the, it doesn't warm them up. It, it is it has served them up. It's put them on yes, yeah. and they're on fire for it now. Mm-hmm. And and the other thing is, they haven't seen socialism at its worst in their lifetime, except yep. Venezuela. Venezuela, and they're told Venezuela is not a good example of but socialism. We have been told, look at Denmark. I want Stu. I want someone on the staff dedicated. I don't care if it takes a week. I want somebody on the staff dedicated to going back and looking for every single celebrity that said this great socialist system in Venezuela. Where the hell are they? Yeah, where are they now? Where are they? Those the people Danny are Glover, now starving. Sean Penn. Yeah, that that held this all up as great socialism and, this, yeah. and, the, and what we should have. Yeah. I do not want people to forget who brought that misery onto people. Do you know that 17 children died this weekend because the hospital, they were in neonatal mm. care, and the hospital lost electricity? 
Yeah, the whole city. Just one did. hospital, right? That was yeah, just, just one hospital. One hospital. Yeah. One of the hospitals, 17 children died. What? What is... Where are you, Danny Glover? Where are you, Sean Penn? Where are you, all you Hollywood phonies that say this is what we should have? Oh, well, maybe they just didn't do it right this time. Well, you know, Hitler didn't do socialism right either. Neither did Mussolini. Neither did Franco. Neither did Stalin. Neither did Pol Pot. Neither did Mao. I mean, how many more do you need? You're talking about taking away the free market. Do you know why they ran out of electricity? Because the country that is the most oil rich in the world couldn't deliver any oil. Why? Because the government said they could do it better than the private sector. And they That's out the what you companies. get. Yeah. That's what you get. And in the middle of that is when we're seeing this rise of socialism here in the United it's States. It's incredible. It's incredible that that is happening at the same time. You have 15 candidates running for president in the United States. And I mean... By any measure, other than right now, at least 12, 13, 14 of them would be considered socialists. I mean, now they're oh, I, easy. I, only probably only what three or four will admit to that or cop to that. They might praise Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, but only, you know, the Bernies of the world are really going to admit to it fully. I mean, Elizabeth Warren, I don't even think claims to be a democratic socialist, but still, I mean, by any measure of any time. These people, you'd be at least half this field, if not more, would would be considered socialists. And but half this field was whitewashed by the Obama administration. Half this field was brought in and whitewashed, made to look, okay, they're all fine. They're all fine. Don't worry. They're not crazy radicals. Mm. That's what, that's the real legacy of Barack Obama. That is the um, the the thing that history will go back and look at. They will look at he opened this door for the radical socialist Marxist to come through. And they did. And they set up shop. They knew exactly what they were doing. And they set up shop. And we're sitting around like a bunch of dummies. Oh, gee, I think maybe. Well, I don't know. They don't say they're really socialist. They, they really want Sweden. Oh, we, we, we. Watch what you're saying with we, right? I mean, like not this audience. The country. You were saying it. The we said country. that every every night. I know. The country is sitting around saying, mainly our Democratic neighbors and friends. These guys, they are putting their head in the sand. And it is becoming... When you have Rahm Emanuel standing up and saying, guys, you, you're, you need to censure these people, and they're Democrats... When Rahm Emanuel says you have to censure these people and they don't, Rahm Emanuel is not exactly a mainstream guy. We didn't think of him as mainstream 10 years ago. Now he's now he's out. He's the voice of reason. He's the voice of reason. Hard to believe. Uh, you should wake up, Democrats. You need to wake up. By the way, do not miss tonight's show at 5 o'clock. This one, sign up for. You must see this. We are going to be using a lot of the chalkboard here in, recent, in, in coming weeks because we are connecting the dots for you tonight, uh, Congressman Omar. All right, ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter um, Zip is the best way to find 
new employees for your business. Your employees are the voice of your vision. They're the first impression. They're the last impression. They are your brand. So who are you going to hire? And how are you going to do it? And do it quickly. What, what most people do, they'll just put an ad up on job sites, uh, but they're not using ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter has smart technology. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. This smart technology goes out and learns what you're looking for, then goes and invites those people who are looking for those jobs to apply for yours. Then they highlight the best candidates. So you're not just getting an avalanche of resumes. It's ZipRecruiter. Do it now. 80% of the people who try ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate within the first 24 hours. It's now, it's, it's usually now the first hour. ZipRecruiter.com. ZipRecruiter.com slash back. Try it for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash back. I'm both excited and nervous about today's show. I'm nervous about today's show at five o'clock um, because I I'm afraid, uh, you know, of how many people will not see it, and it drives me nuts. This is tonight is a a very important show, and it is beginning of this this next um, season here before summer. We are. We are going to be exposing and connecting the dots like we used to at Fox and show you what's really going on tonight. Uh, Congresswoman Omar and her, the history of her life and who she's connected to and nothing to see here, people, according to the mainstream media, a lot to see. Please join us at blazetv.com join us tonight 5 p.m blazetv.com slash beck promo code beck uh, let me tell you about our spotlight uh, sponsor and it is uh, realestateagentsitrust.com if you are in the market for a new house this is the time to buy a new house and uh, I, I think it's going to be hard to get uh, financing for a house uh, soon and uh i think it's uh i think rent is going to continue to go up so you might want to buy a house if you do realestateagentsitrust.com can help you find the right house in your area these are the people that have the sensibilities just like you they listen to this show so if you're moving to a new area we can help you find the right neighborhood uh, all you have to do is go to realestateagentsitrust.com. Also, if you're looking to sell your house, these are the experts in your neighborhood. Find the right real estate agent. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. That's realestateagentsitrust.com. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenbeck Program. New gun laws in Washington, D.C. and Washington State. We'll tell you about those. Also, I, I, a message to schools all over America. I already did my homework. Why is it I'm having to help my son and daughter do their homework? Does homework never end? This is the Glenn Beck program. Your kids at homework time yet? Are you? Are you? Yeah, I mean they're young, but still. Oh, wait until you get into high school. 
Right, because it gets now to the point where it's kind of, you can look at their homework and yeah. easily understand it and no, do it. That's no, going to end. No, mm-hmm. no, I'm doing science projects now. I did this already. Why am I doing it again? Oh. All right, uh, filter by, filter <laughs> B-U-Y. Uh, filter by is uh, for guys like me um, and really anybody who wants to save money and save money on the repair bills of your your air handling system this is just a filter air filters are just like homework it's like this little task that you have to do and it's just to make sure you understand and you're responsible that's what i did when i was in school okay right. i did that a long time ago now i, I want this to, to be easy i didn't have to make a generator there's no reason no. i have to make a generator okay there's no reason my son has to make a generator okay great we're gonna learn all about it and i will teach him about electricity okay i got it but I don't need to do it again because I know I'm never going to build a generator. I know I'm in my 50s. There's nobody ever going to come to me and go, Glenn. well, actually, with the way socialism is going, maybe it's a good yeah. thing we do know how to build generators. <laughs> anyway, uh, um, uh, filter by will help you with your filters. Um, it, it, you're going to put so much stress on your uh, on your air handling system if you don't change that filter that you're going to end up spending hundreds of dollars getting it fixed. But also, um, with filter by, um, you're going to keep your air clean. That's the biggest problem. That's why we all get sick is because in the winter, we don't open up the doors or windows and it's dirty air. Make sure your your filter is clean. Just go to filterbuy.com, filterbuy.com. If you subscribe, so it will send you every, you know, the, 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 the amount of time that the manufacturer says you should change these. They'll just arrive at your doorstep. You don't even have to think about it, and you're going to save 5% at filterbybuy.com. That's filterbuy.com. Our chief researcher, uh, Jason Batrill, is uh, with us, and he is... uh, Jason is... uh, um, uh, been working on a story here for the last three weeks that we're going to be doing tonight on Congresswoman Omar, and you really need to see it. Um, please sign up for the Blaze, blazetv.com. Uh, use the promo code BECK. You're going to save 10% if you sign up for a year, but you can just for, try it out. Um, but watch tonight's show, please, and then spread it to your friends, especially Democrats. They have to wake up onto who these people are. There are really dangerous people. And tonight, it just happens to be uh, Congress, Congresswoman Omar. And so he's been dealing with this. And at the same time, dealing with your daughter. <laughs> Can I bring this up? Yes, go Dealing ahead. with your daughter who is um, who's dating. <laughs> you know, you've had me uh, look into some very scary things before. Yes, yes. And I've, like, walked away from work with a just complete pale face. Right. <laughs> and that pales in consider. you know. Yeah. You were you were actually in and around when the hairy back guy after 9-11 was interrogated. Yeah. So you've, you've been around some spooky things. Doesn't even compare. Not at all. Yeah. Yeah. I, my, my daughter now, she turned 16 uh, back in December. And I was like, okay, this, this was how it went for me. Like, my mom said that you can date when you're 16 years old. Yes, that was a huge, like, you know, pivot point. Yes. in my life. So I was like, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give that to her too. Mm-hmm. She, you know, I trust her. You know, she's very Same responsible. Yeah, was it was 16? Mm-hmm. And um, so I was like, okay, fine. But I, you know, that's one of the things you just kind of say, but you don't even really think it's gonna happen soon. Yeah. 
But lo and behold, two weeks ago happened. And uh, so I had a rule, right? I had a... I had a rule, but I didn't. What do you I mean didn't. You had a rule. I had a rule of how this was supposed to play out. I just didn't properly like convey it, I guess, because I was just kind of like, okay, yeah, you can date now, but I didn't fully go into it. All right. But um, the rule was supposed to be: yes, you can date if the gentleman comes to the house. I meet him. Hands are shaken. The gentleman. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, very lightly. Right. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, but so that that was supposed to be the rule. Well, I get a call. From a very nervous wife um, a couple weeks ago. Your wife. From my wife. Mm -hmm. And she's like, okay, um, yeah, I don't know how to tell you this, but this is like a Tuesday. Mm -hmm. And uh, Alexa just went on her first date. And I was like, what? What? Like, what do you mean? She's going to go on like on Friday? Like, no, she goes, no, she's there now. And I was like, what are you talking about? And she's like, well, apparently this, you know, boy asked her and he's very, very hardworking. He works on the weekends. He couldn't come to the house, you know, and do all that. So he just wanted to take her to a movie and like a coffee, you know, a quick coffee, like right after the movie. And we'll pick her up at Uh like, like five. And I am just like instantly, you know, as a dad, (laughs) like your world just ended, you know, like everything just stopped. So you didn't meet the boy. No. Please tell me you were there to meet him when... You went to pick her up. All right, so critique me here. So this is how I handled it. I was like, so I had this full speech ready to go when she got home. We'll get (laughs) into that later. But then, like, so, like, we go to pick him up, and, um, you know, I'm rocking my best, like, I'm in a tank top, even though it was, like, 30 degrees outside. (laughs) (laughs) The window's down. Gun oil in your hands. Yeah, like, like, you can't see this on radio, but, like, you know, I'm, like, kind of, like, doing the flex mode as I'm leaning on the the window. (laughs) And so, like, they're sitting at this coffee shop. She knows I'm about to pull up. I pull up, and then my wife is, like, hiding her eyes because she's, like, nervous about what's about to happen. My son's in the back seat cracking up. And uh, I see them. He looks over, and I kind of, like, give him, like, the little stink eye. Mm. And he, like, kind of smiles and does a little wave. Turn my head 90 degrees the other direction. You get out of that car, dude. You get out of the car. I, like, but see, I wanted to, like, so I I didn't want to embarrass her, right? So I didn't want to embarrass her at that point. First of all. That is a parent's number one job. <laughs> to embarrass. <Okay? laughs> you embarrass. If you haven't said to your children, hey, uh, you're going to a movie. Great. Uh, you can go to the movie. Um, I'm just going to go and dance with a T-shirt that I made with your <laughs> face on it that says my daughter. And I'm going to dance in the lobby in uh, sandals with white socks and shorts. And then do it. <laughs> okay, so like I'm debating that strategy actually as we're yeah, doing no, this, you... but but I'm like I don't I don't I, this is like very very critical. I saw this as a very very like pivotal moment. So I'm like I don't want to ter- completely turn her off, you know, and completely embarrass her because I don't want to turn her against me mm-hmm. because she's 16. Like mm-hmm. I, I know you know all about this, but like there, this just you can never predict those emotions at that age. Stu, no. you're getting you're getting you're, you'll get or here pretty soon. I can't predict emotions of my wife. <laughs> that's true. You that's know, true. I mean, it's okay, like that's true. Yeah. Um, but so anyway, so we get home and I'm like, uh, you know, Alexa, family room right now, and my wife's following. And I was like, okay, first off, I just want to say I think it's really cool, you know, that that this this boy asked you out. Second of all, it'll never happen this way again. And I was like, this person has to meet me. He, he has to, if he wants to take you out, he has to come to the house. 
He has to come inside. We have to talk. Good for you. Good I was you. like, I will not make it embarrassing. I promise. I will not be cleaning a gun. Don't ever promise that. Uh, you know, at the same time. Oh, you're a fool. <laughs> <laughs> you're a fool. But but uh, I was like, but that's. But he was like, but he's not going to want to date me if he does this. And I was like, and that is exactly the thing, the type of person I'm trying to protect. If you he's from. not mm-hmm. willing to do that, nope. Right. Nope. It's no big deal. It's no big deal. It's common courtesy. Now she said, but it's not. It doesn't work that way anymore, Dad. Like this well, is it not, does in my house. She said the fifties, but I was, like, <laughs> yeah. I was, at, I was. This does was the early nineties for me. Does in my house. Well, you know what? Then you know what does work. When I pulled up, he should have walked over to the car and introduced himself to me. Yeah, it shows me he's a he's a boy of poor character. Yeah. Well, I was giving him a ticket to the gun show, so I, maybe he was a little bit intimidated at that point. I, I, I doubt it. I've seen you in a tank top, unfortunately, gotta, and I don't yeah. think he was intimidated. You got it. Maybe you gotta, in the military days, have, my friend. You have military friends. You you were in military intel. What is wrong with you, man? Well, you do a psych op on, on, on this young boy. Well, I have an update. It's right. no longer needed. That to go to that step, okay? Because a week goes by, uh, and I'm like, you know, Alex, I told you you're game on to do this. Yeah. Like, what's happened? She's like, well, you know, the, make a long story short, he didn't want to come and do that. He didn't want to come to the house and do the meetup. Wow. Did not want to do that. And I was like, go back to him. Say, look, it's game on. My dad is cool. You know, like that's all it is. It'll be really quick. It'll take literally sixty seconds, and then you'll be out, and we'll go do whatever. He did not want to do it. So I like this was this past Friday. Uh, I mentioned it again. She goes, "Dad, do not bring up the name of that boy. I do not want to talk about him. I never want to see him again." I was like, "This is what I was protecting you from." <laughs> Listen to me. Good. So we did it. I, no, but I, I think the, the psyop was like the next step, but wasn't even needed. So if you're looking oh, into it's asking, it's always out, needed. It's always needed just for fun. Yeah. <laughs> you sound like there's fun. some experience. Uh, you had some experience. Oh. Oh, me? No, 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 no. I will tell you that I knew who my daughter was going to marry because of of she would she would bring the boy and the boy had to meet dad and and everything else, you know, and then she goes to college. And when she's dating this boy, she doesn't tell me at all. She's dating him for a while. She doesn't tell him who I am either. And uh, so she's just like this. You know, so your folks, what's your dad do? Uh, you know, he's in business. <laughs> you know, it was that kind of thing. She didn't say anything. He's an entrepreneur. He's an entrepreneur. <laughs> oh, that's really cool. Until the night before she said, you have to go meet my dad. And then she said, <laughs> he was clueless. He was just clueless. He said, uh, okay, who's your dad? And she said, Glenn Beck. And he said, okay, so who is he? And she said, <laughs> Glenn Beck. And this is in New York at the height of, you know, everybody saying I'm the Antichrist. <laughs> and uh, she said, Glenn Beck. And he said, I, I don't know who that is. And she said, yes, you do. And he said, no, I, I don't. And she's like, now she's getting offended. No, my dad's a big deal. <laughs> and so she's going off on this. So he says, it's no big deal. It's no big deal. He goes home and he Googles me. Oh, no. <laughs> Now he's up all night now because he's been Googling and it's me going, you little pinhead, get off my phone. Yeah. All of that stuff. And he comes in and the, the, the office doors open. This is when we had a corner office in, in Manhattan. 
opens up. We have the whole floor, and right by the elevators are all these crazy pictures of me, you know, life size of <laughs> doing crazy things. And he's just he's just like a scared rabbit now. He met you in the office. He met me in the office with the corner office, like overlooking yep. New York City. And like I said, an and I and I said, uh, <laughs> I looked at because of, because my daughter was so because I had done all of the psyops before. Um, my daughter was doing it on him, and she she comes in and she sits down and he sits down, and I said, "Nice to meet you, Tim." And he's like, yes, sir. Nice to meet you. <laughs> and and Hannah said, you know, I think I'm just going to leave you two alone. And he looked at her like, good God, no, no. He's going to throw me out of one of these windows. She left. <laughs> and we had a nice conversation. And I didn't have to do any of the, the, the operations that I had done before because I did them to her early. And she learned. And she learned. And she knew. She prepared him. For dad's going to be, and I didn't have to be. I didn't have to be. Um, all right, come back in, in just a second. Stand by. Uh, I want to tell you about a young lady who is looking to buy her first home here in Texas. And uh, the market at her price point was really, really hot. So she went to a real estate agents I trust.com and her agent devised a plan to have uh, her offer accepted. And her agent said, we're going to do these three things. One, pre-qualify with a great mortgage company that her agent had a history of success using. That way it would satisfy the seller's agent. Two, he advised that they find a home that was priced to sell so they knew the owner was ready to move. And three, they had to find a home well-located and priced correctly so it could be leased if, you know, an emergency arose. Knowing that there would be multiple offers, they offered more than what was asking, but still less than what the house would have appraised for. So she also offered uh, help with some of the closing costs. What happened? Well, the house that she wanted um, uh, had 10 offers in three days, but she got the house because she had an agent who knew how to get the job done. This is why we have real estate agents uh, I trust.com. You can go there and get the right agent. She got the house that she wanted in a very hot market. Hopefully you're not in a hot market unless you're selling. If you're buying, you have to have the right agent to find the right home for you, the right location for you. You have to trust that they have the same kind of sensibilities. They understand you. That's why everybody is personally vetted by my team. They have the same sensibilities. They're all fans of the show. So you immediately have something in common with this person and you know what their values are. And when they say, ah, you know, this this area, you don't want to live in this area. I don't know, because there are foreigners in this area or it's all stinking liberal and you will be the outcast and you won't have to decorate your house on Halloween because you're already be known as the scariest house because you're a scary conservative. Anyway, um, if you need somebody to help you with this, it's real estate agents. I trust.com. That's real estate agents. I trust.com. 10 seconds station ID. Jason, 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 I am so disappointed in you. Have you no, have you no, no, I mean, you have military friends. That's the, I mean, I had, uh, I had Marcus Luttrell 
just happened to be over at my house. Right. Coincidence. Just happened right. to be over. Mm-hmm. This happens. And <laughs> and I just was talking to this young man about how much uh, I love my daughter. Oh, and have you met Marcus Luttrell, lone survivor, <laughs> Navy SEAL? Yeah, he um, uh, he lived uh, by himself for days. He took on a whole Afghan army by himself in the end, uh, and he survived. And then just Marcus said, "Yeah, I love uh, I love that little lady that you're you're dating too." <laughs> Enough said. <laughs> I don't think anything else was said. I mean, just this got is it. Part of a long time uh, with you. You have various experiences where you have. I, I mean, some would say intimidated, intimidated uh, younger, uh, younger men that may want to date one of your daughters. All I know. No, no, no. I mean, the worst one. You're talking about the pizza one. Yeah, the worst one. And and I contend the best one. And you can do this. All you need is. <laughs> You need a friend who's a cop. That's it. Just mm-hmm. make friend with a cop. Okay. Just so or, when your daughter turns, or a male stripper that has a uniform, even that. Well, work. <laughs> well, that might work. That mm-hmm. might work. Although your your daughter will know. <laughs> like I, I, I just had. I just we have security, so I have a security, and my kids know they can find anything about anybody at any time, and so I just had security sit at another table. But you can do this, dads, with a cop friend. Okay. Um, I don't know what you were going to offer them. Maybe just pay them, pay them scale and just have them sit at another table. And whatever you say, they just start to look at you when you look over to them and they have to be on their phone. They have to be sitting like the next table over and they have to sit at their phone and you just look at them. And when you look at them, they just have to shake their head. Okay. It doesn't <laughs> matter. Yes. No, doesn't matter. Just have to shake their head. Okay. So that was the deal going in. So this kid, uh, we are going to meet at a pizza parlor. We're going to have dinner. And so my daughter is there and he shows up and it's nice and everything else. And we're just having nice little chit chat. And I ask him about himself. And eventually we get into, you know, does he have any, how is he as a driver? And do you have any, any speeding tickets? Oh, no, sir. None at all. None. Really? None. That's when I look over to my friend and he just shakes his head. Now, he's not doing anything. He's playing a game probably on his phone. Okay? He's not doing anything. He just shakes his head and the kid goes, okay, okay, there is that one. But I, I didn't know it was a one-way street and it was very confused. And I just put my hand up and I said, da-da-da. I know. I know. You don't have to tell me. I know. And he just looked at me and then he looked at <laughs> Hannah I'm like, it's no big deal. And then we just moved on for a while. Mm-hmm. Okay. We just had a nice conversation. Then when we got up, he had was having Coke and he had finished his can of Coke. And I said to him, as we were getting up, walking away, he got up and I said, are you, you done with your Coke? And he said, uh, yes. Now, before I went, I had turned a Ziploc bag inside out. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I put it in my pocket. So I take it out of my pocket and I put my hand in the Ziploc bag, which is inside out. And then I grab the can of Coke and I put it now and I roll down the Ziploc bag. So now it's right side and I zip it up. And he said, what, what are you, what, what are you, what are you doing? I said, just, just, just running some tests. That's all I had to say. He went white. We left. And I was really proud of myself. My my daughter didn't know 
whether I would run, run those tests. That's where you have to keep them off balance. She wasn't sure if I would run them or not. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so. Um, uh, so I so I uh, we, we, we left and I was feeling pretty good until like two days later, the phone rings at my house. I could still see this because I thought I mean, all of a sudden, like I had tunnel vision, everything went dark. <laughs> a voice on the other end said, are are you the man who uh, took a Coke can from my son and said you were running fingerprints and DNA? And I said, well, and he said, did you do that? And I said, yes. And he said, you, sir, are a genius. I know what I'm going to do now with my daughter when she starts to date. Dads, unite. We're in this together. Play a cop. You're listening to Glenn Beck. This is a whole new business line for 23 and Me. They should get involved. They should partner with you and do oh DNA tests uh, uh, of all we're doing. people dating a... people's daughters. I just need you to spit into this little cup. <laughs> just sell the little cups. I don't, I don't have to run the DNA test. <laughs> just sell me the little cups. Oh, my gosh. That would be great. We're just, just checking out. We just want to see. Uh, 23andMe is, uh, is something where you can get the personalized insights based on your DNA with more than 125 genetic reports on health, traits, and more, including how much Neanderthal you have. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, really, that yeah. is, that's one of them. How much Neanderthal do you have? And that's what I'm looking for, son. I'm just seeing how much of a Neanderthal you are. 23andMe. Do this with your family. It is so fun. It, I am a... I am 1.3% Native American, more than more than uh, Elizabeth Warren. How do I know? 23andMe.com slash Beck. Do it now. Ilan Amar, you've heard a lot about her, but not the whole story. We're going to have that tonight on Glenn's TV show, uh, 5 p.m. Eastern, blazetv.com slash Beck. Now for something completely different. I have the honor to introduce you to one of the best people I know and a hard worker. His name is Mike Rowe. The Way I Heard It with Mike Rowe. This is a great podcast that gives a unique take on American history. He explores everything from pop culture to politics, athletes to actors, history to Hollywood. Each episode is 10 minutes or less about a famous person or an event that you know, filled with surprising facts that you likely didn't know until Mr. Smart Pants, Mike Rowe tells you about it. It's called The Way I Heard It. It's hosted by the one and only Mike Rowe, and he shares stories for, and I quote, the curious mind with a short attention span. The Way I Heard It, America's number one short-form podcast. Go to micro.com slash podcast and listen and subscribe to The Way I Heard It. That's M-I-K-E-R-O-W-E dot com slash podcast. That's micro.com slash podcast. Ronald Reagan said, freedom is never more than a generation away from extinction. And he was absolutely right. The question is, is it this generation? We told you earlier on the program about the latest poll on socialism. It is polling wildly favorably with uh, everyone who is under 40 um, we have people now that are talking about openly at South by West Southwest calling capitalism uh, a failed experiment and that it has no future capitalism, the free market system. That person is Ocasio-Cortez. So 
We know about socialism. We know that um, about 99%, I think it's like 97% of the American population cannot name the five freedoms guaranteed in the First Amendment, let alone the Ten Amendments in the Bill of Rights. Now, these are the things that the government cannot, must not, ever violate. If we don't know them, we lose them. The Second Amendment is the one that everybody seems to talk about, but they don't seem to understand the words thou shalt not, or not thou shalt not, shall not, the government shall not uh, uh, infringe. See if this is an infringement. Uh, They have announced now a red flag gun confiscation bill, and the hearing is set for the end of this month. And they're looking for common ground. Now, when I say they've said it and looking for common ground, they believe they can find it. Who is it that's saying that? It's the GOP. The GOP says that they have a common sense red flag confiscation bill. They've set the hearing. And when Lindsey Graham announced it, He said that he had spoken with the president about the bill and that President Trump is on board. Now, what is the bill? It's Senate Bill number seven, and it would use federal funds to help states implement extreme risk protection orders. Now, what is that, Stu? What do you think that is? An extreme risk protection order. This is the sort of thing that was discussed about... I want to say it was Parkland afterwards, because the idea is a lot of people had an indication Mm -hmm. that this student may be a problem. Mm -hmm. And everyone around him said, yeah, we knew he was dangerous, so there's nothing we could do about it. No, and that's not even true. In the Parkland shooting, that's not even true. I'm not saying it's true. Yeah, the school had the ability to do something. They didn't. The... the, the, uh, the FBI had uh, the ability to do something. They didn't. The police had the ability to do something. They didn't. Right. Um, however, this is an idea that if there's a bunch of people around you, uh, you could say, if we all think that you know this person is a, he's a danger, he's got a lot of guns, he's making me nervous, so we could go to somehow the, a judge, the government, and say, hey, this guy's a real problem, and hopefully they would look into it. Okay. That's the theory behind That's the red the theory flag. Behind it. Yeah. Let me t- let me tell you uh, what the red flag extreme protect- risk protection order will actually do. If anyone is accused, anyone is accused of committing a crime or th- thought to be of danger and has a weapon. They are taken away. The police will be able to confiscate guns based on nothing more than hearsay of a disgruntled family member or friend, or perhaps somebody who really does know. But how many times do you think if you are a gun lover and you're getting a divorce and it's ugly, if you, let's say, are a gun lover and you cheated on your spouse or you cheated on your girlfriend and she wants revenge, do you think there's a chance she might go to police and say, by the way, I just want you to know, 
I think he's a danger. You don't have to be mentally ill. If you have an argument with a neighbor, they'll be able to turn you in just saying, I think you might be, he might be dangerous, and they have to go in and take your weapons. And they take them for a year. There's no... No court. oversight to this nope. no, no judge ruling on whether this is a legitimate claim nope they would be able to uh, a judge would be allowed to take your judge your guns and suspend your second amendment rights for up to a year after they've been taken um but you don't even hear that side of the story you don't you you don't you're not you're not there they they can take your guns hmm. they listen to the person and they can keep your guns for up to a year. This is what happened in Gary Willis in Maryland. It happened last year. An angry family member wanted to get back at him after having an argument. He told police that he needed to have his guns taken away. An officer showed up at 5 o'clock in the morning, demanded that he surrender all of his firearms. He refused. A scuffle broke out, and he was shot and killed by police. He was never charged with anything. It was a disgruntled neighbor, and he's like, you can't come into my house and just take my guns. This is a GOP bill. Instead of police or prosecutors having to go to a judge and say somebody is mentally ill or they broke the law, the burden of proof is completely shifted. It is now shifting to the gun owners having to prove that they are okay. They have to prove after the guns have already been taken that they deserve to have their rights back. The gun owner is not even invited to be at the hearing where the confiscation is first declared. Imagine this with other rights. You'd have to prove your sanity before you were able to speak freely. You uh, you would have to prove you were worthy before things like I mean even like voting right I mean the whole point of the yeah I know it's it's really hard to imagine a society that says let's say that you have to prove you're not a racist um, because of something that you tweeted or you you have to prove uh, that you didn't uh, sexually assault someone. Uh, but they claimed it online and the population has declared you a rapist yeah. or or whatever. It's institutionalizing what we it's have exactly. in like a Twitter mob culture. Yes, it's exactly that. It's very scary, especially when it comes to a constitutional right. I mean, again, like you're not allowed to infringe this if you want to. Here's an idea where there, this is a situation where a random person can start saying that you they feel you're unstable and that right goes away not because you've been convicted of something not because they can you've just been dislike you a, a, you know a doctor or you know somebody has said at least with some authority that you have a, you know instability mentally or you've been you know confined to an institution and they take them first then they show you the case that's not, I mean, that's, that that's not America. not be constitutional. Though. It's, this is the Republicans. This is no. Lindsey Graham. I, mean, I, I don't think Lindsey Graham cares at all about the Constitution. I mean, he, he's, you no, know. No, but I mean, he, if that's our friends, pff, right, who exactly. needs enemies? Who needs enemies, right. All right, there's imagine, another. Imagine what Bernie Sanders does as president of the United States. Oh, they, did mean, you see the, did you see the California rep that, that came out and said the only way to really control uh, guns is to, is to change the Second Amendment and ban all guns? And they're now starting a petition to 
to repeal the Second Amendment. Well, first, good for him, first of all, because he's right. Yes. The only way to, uh, to, re- to infringe on people's gun ownership rights is to repeal the Second Amendment. Now, that's only the very beginning of that process, mm-hmm. and you're not going to like the other steps. Because then after that were to happen, uh, states all over the place would put it in their state constitution. And would, you'd have to pass a whole nother, uh yes. amendment that would ban. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you'd have to repeal and ban at the same time, which would be even harder. Mm-hmm. Then you'd have a society with 400 million guns on it with, let's say, 300 million of them uh, in the hands of people who have no intention of giving them back to you. So good luck. Going door to door to collect 300 million guns around this country. They won't do it, though. They'll do it like they did in Germany. German, remember, the German people, they, they were hunters. They went out and they shot their own food. There were a lot of guns in Germany. Mm-hmm. So what did they do? First, they did the national database. So they knew exactly who had what guns. Then, instead of confiscating, you had to turn them in. Right. And it was uh, it started out, I think, as a 10 year penalty if you didn't. And then after a few months, they gave you uh, a warning and said, by the way, anyone seen with a gun will be shot. No questions asked. So then those people who didn't turn in their guns were actually shot going to the police station trying to uh, turn their guns in. That's why the population was was toothless. When when Hitler really started doing bad things, there was no one that could stop them because they had all the guns. Right. I mean, by the way, uh, just a quick side note, 2012, uh, that's when Venezuela lost their right to guns because that wonderful utopia, socialism, utopia. um, Yeah, they, they thought that guns would be dangerous in the hands of the people. So that's why they can't fight back. Just want to throw that in there. Hmm. It's interesting. Interesting parallel there. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that, look, the, that this would be almost impossible to do in the United States. Almost impossible. Because I don't think it, so. What? I don't think so. No, I'm not, you don't, you think, just yes. look, this population, you think, uh, with the culture that has been ingrained here, the most heavily armed, they always say this as an insult, the most heavily armed society in, in the history of the planet. Well, yeah, yeah, we are. Uh, it's because this, uh, this whole guaranteeing people's rights, right to bear arms has put together a country that is almost impossible to go door to door. Think about this. Our military, the best military in the history of the world. Look at the problems it's had going door to door to root out people like ISIS and the Taliban and Al Qaeda in countries that have almost no weapons compared to what we have. Can you imagine trying to go door to door to collect 300 million guns? They will in this make country? an example of a few people. They will come to the doors of you know, Wayne LaPierre or me, mm-hmm. and they'll say, turn over your guns, and I'll say no, and then they'll make an example. Well, your guns, of, though, you're not a good example, because all your guns were lost. Well, yeah, they, they were, were, they were, terribly, they were lost. There's a pterodactyl that came in and picked them up. I don't know, that's just them. one theory. Okay. I think that's a crazy one, mm-hmm. but... Uh, They're all gone now. I was just no... on my way to report them uh, you were? as missing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But remind me, because if I don't report them, I'll have to report them. You know, I got to I got to just remind me. Yeah, gotta, I got to. That's that was all a, taken. just a terrible tragedy. Don't know what happened to them. Anyway, um, uh, let me tell you about what's happening now in Washington state. There is another gun law that is being passed in Washington state that the sheriffs have said we're not going to enforce. And I've told you before, support your local sheriff. 
because your local sheriff is the one who will stand between you and your guns, you and the Constitution, or you and whoever wants to take the Constitution away. We're seeing this now happen in Washington State, and now they're coming after the sheriffs because they are saying, this is unconstitutional, and we will not abide by this. We will not enforce this law. So we'll tell you about that coming up in just a second. First, let me tell you about... um, a VPN. A VPN is a virtual private network. If you think you don't need it, um, you're mistaken. Right now, we are in something called surveillance capitalism, and it, we are giving away all of our information because it works for us. We we want, um, you know, Amazon to know when we need something. We want Google to know exactly where we are so it can help us find our way home. That's called surveillance capitalism. And it's good unless they are just culling everything. Because remember, the reason for this information is to eventually be able to predict you at 99 to 100%. That's why they're collecting all of this information. And you may not think that's a bad thing, but if it falls into the wrong hands, it is a horrible thing. You want people to not be able to track you, really not be able to track you. Get a secure VPN. If you want to make sure that nobody can hack in and get all of your banking codes and everything, get a secure VPN. Who do you get it from? Well, Facebook is offering one. They just dropped that because everybody's like, uh, I don't think so, Facebook. Uh, Norton. Norton.com is a name that we've trusted for cybersecurity for a long, long time. You can trust them with a secure VPN. Costs like three thirty three if you sign up for a year. That's where it starts at three thirty three. It's easy. You download the app. You uh, put in the passcode once, and then it loads on everything, and you have access securely to the internet. Go to Norton.com slash VPN right now. Norton.com slash VPN. So Washington State passed I sixteen thirty nine last November. And basically, it said you needed a bigger background check. You needed to be 21 to buy a a rifle, a semi-automatic rifle, um, and a few other things, uh, safety uh, measures, yada, yada, yada. How did this get passed in a state? Well, the state in in its big cities is very progressive, very, very left. But the rest of it is is a gun loving state. Um, but it was passed, but it was passed with a little help of the friends. Now, remember, the NRA is evil, mm-hmm. just puts so much money into things. That's the narrative, right? right? Big money in politics is coming in for the side of the NRA and gun, uh, gun owners, and that's why we can't get these bills passed. Well, it's interesting. And the NRA did give $200,000 to try to stop this bill, uh, and it was a ballot measure, uh, from being passed. Um, interesting, though, um, that that one man... Paul Allen gave six times that amount just himself to, to support the measure, as well as at least four other, including the Balmer family, uh, includes four other uh, donors gave more than uh, two or three times as much as the NRA did in total. In fact, overall, to oppose this gun control bill, $764,000 was donated to support the gun control bill, $5.548 million. Basically an 8 to 1 ratio hmm. uh, from people trying to support uh, gun control rather than oppose oh, it. Man, you know, so 
It's APAC and the NRA. <laughs> yeah. If yeah. we just get hmm. the APAC and NRA out, we'd be able to get things done. You want to know how that passed? You want to know why the sheriffs aren't enforcing it? On tomorrow's program. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. We want to tell you a little bit of what happened at South by Southwest. Um where they are just coming after capitalism in the free market. Uh, Ocasio-Cortez said the free market is over. Howard Schultz, however, I think is a hero. While he's say- they're saying he was booed, he was not booed, nor made to feel uncomfortable at South by Southwest. He said that he's going to, uh, uh, he believes that if you're running a socialist against Donald Trump, Donald Trump will win. And he said, capitalism is in our spirit and in the American DNA, and we're not going to go towards socialism. I'm not sure I agree with him on that. I I hope he's right. Uh, We'll get into that, South by Southwest, and also Silicon Valley, in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. You know, I joke about hating salads and vegetables, um, but I also hate that it is a constant battle, you know, with me and Tanya and doctors and God and everybody else that knows what I hate is good for me. Um, you have to ha- you have to have your fruits and vegetables. You have to. Well, there's an easy way to do that. If you have a kid who doesn't like their vegetables, they're going to grow into a man that doesn't like their vegetables and their fruits. So here's the thing. Uh, you just take one spoonful of this. You just mix it into whatever you're drinking. You can, you know, I've been told you can put it in pancakes and the husband doesn't even know that it's there. Anyway, you get. <laughs> Are you, have you been a victim of this? I'm not a victim. I'm hmm. not saying that. No. Fifteen <laughs> percent of your first uh, order, you'll get off fifteen percent your first order of field of greens. This is not a supplement. This is the actual USDA food. It's got all of the everything that you need. And it's all in one product, one spoonful, and then you don't have to eat them. So go to BrickHouseGlenn.com, promo, ho- promo code Glenn. That's promo code Glenn at BrickHouseGlenn.com. Get 15% off your first order. Field Greens. That's BrickHouseGlenn.com. Stew, 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 stew. Can you believe how fast this has come? It is really surprising. Uh, you know, you would not think how overt they would be about this stuff. I mean, we're already, we're 603 days ahead of this election. And we're already at the point where candidates are attacking Bernie Sanders from the left. We've got 600 days. I mean, another year plus uh, of uh, of a, a a primary, and we're already at the point where people are like, you know what, Bernie Sanders. I mean, you know, guy's not on board fully for reparations. Do you believe this guy? This is where we are already. This is going to be a lot of fun before it burns down in a socialist firestorm. <laughs> it's going to be. Gr- it's going to be great. With terror and slaughter, the gods of the copybook headings return. I think of that all the time because people say. Is this gonna is this gonna end? Yeah, it is. 
it might take 80 years and it's going to be massively bloody. But in the end, this stuff will collapse. You cannot deny human nature. You cannot deny uh, facts. You just can't deny facts, scientific facts. And we're being asked to deny all of it. We we're, remember, how, remember how cute this was when we were upset that our children were being taught math. And, well, that could be the right answer if you show me your work. That there is no wrong answer in math. Remember when we thought that was a big deal? Yeah. Okay, that's... A, that's <laughs> oh, how 2012 of you. Look at where we are now. It's come so fast, and you're at the point now. I mean, you mentioned Howard Schultz. Howard Schultz, if you don't know his story, you know, he is a lifelong Democrat. He is not a conservative in any way. You remember Starbucks? Do you remember when he was leaving Starbucks? The last thing you might remember about Howard Schultz while he was at Starbucks was uh, a few uh, African-American, I would say patrons, but they weren't buying anything. They walked in and wanted to sit down and take up a table at a busy time in a Starbucks and did had no intention of buying anything. The manager came in and was like, ah, you guys need to leave at uh, store policy, which it was... And asked them to leave, and they basically accused the the manager of racism and fired fired her over it. Yeah, well, the police came. They wouldn't leave they, with the police. The police came, right? Because they, she called she called the police, which, by the way, was what she was supposed to do. It, Starbucks mm-hmm. policy. Yeah. So they changed the policy to say you can always come in and go and just sit down wherever you want, even if you're not buying anything. And then. Then, if you remember, the last thing he did was he had a day of training where he closed all Starbucks. Starbucks. This is not a conservative. (laughs) Not at all. He's a lifelong Democrat who, I mean, he has a good, his business story is a real American story where he he fought hard. He, He recognized, think about this, when he started at Starbucks, they didn't serve coffee. What? They didn't serve coffee they did they sold coffee in bags that's right they didn't sell it you couldn't buy it and sit down that's not what starbucks was at the time it was just a place that grinded up good coffee and you could take it home and make it at home and he was the first person he decided in he started working for that company he did not own at the time and uh, he was able to convince them to open up one cafe uh that was a starbucks cafe that was doing well and their owners were like eh He's doing well. He's like, you know what? This is just isn't us. This isn't who we are. We don't want to do this anymore. And so he eventually was able to uh, buy out Starbucks uh, and um, and take it on the journey that it became this gigantic company all across uh, all across the country. And all of the you know he he implements liberal values throughout the entire company. Everybody knows this about Starbucks. I mean, Starbucks used to be the joke of liberalism. You'd be like, oh, we're going to turn this whole country's going to turn into a giant Starbucks. Now the guy who who's responsible for Starbucks can't even get into the Democratic Party. That is craziness. I mean, this is that is craziness. So fast. This is a guy also who grew up poor. He grew yeah. up in the projects of New York. You ever see the interview with him where he cries in the hallway? I don't think I they have. Take no. him back to the projects that he grew up in with the chain link fences that are overlooking this Soviet era looking, you know, playground. And he just his childhood was so traumatic. And so he was so broke and he went to the hallway and he got to the door of his house where he grew up in 
you can call it a house, this horrible little apartment in a in a government project, mm. and he broke down in tears. And that was a story that was I think that was a sixty minutes thing about how he built his empire and his roots. This guy is so American, so everything in business that we want to be. He has taken his beliefs and and made it into who you know who he is, which is very liberal, very liberal. And now what did he say? He goes to South by Southwest and the press. I can't say the press. NBC exposed the Daily Beast. What a surprise. The Daily Beast is lying. <laughs> Stunner. <laughs> yeah. Especially around these parts. Whoa. <laughs> uh, so um, the Daily Beast said <laughs> that he was booed and the crowd was not pleasant. That is not true. Yeah, they said he bombed. He didn't bomb. I mean, even NBC News, like, he didn't bomb. And the guy who, Dylan Byers, who did the actual interviews, like, watched the, watch the clips of it. I had the whole interview. <laughs> Just watch it. He didn't bomb at all. People were receptive to him. I mean, you know, because, again, he's not, he's not coming out there saying, uh, build the wall. This is not who this guy is. He is a, a, a hardcore, what we used to think of as a liberal, or even a progressive. Yeah, he, I right? would say he's a progressive. He just has some friendliness to some business He's stuff, not but a communist. No. Okay, and I'm sorry, but I'm not going to use socialist. They say, we just want socialist Sweden. That's not a socialist country. That is that That has socialism in it, but it is a capitalist country with a huge social framework. But that's not what they want because they're telling us now the capitalist system doesn't work. Yeah, that- they're telling us right now. Play the uh, Ocasio-Cortez quote where capitalism has no future. Capitalism isn't, to me, is it's an ideology of capital. It puts capital, the most important thing is the concentration of capital, and it means that we seek and, and prioritize profit and the accumulation of money above all else. And we seek it at any human and environmental cost. That is what that means. And to me, that ideology is not sustainable and cannot be redeemed. That that is unbelievable. She is just, uh, she is, I I mean, Boston University, you should be just, you should cringe every time you see her. She is who you turned out. She has her degree in economics and foreign affairs. She's a numbskull. How is that possible that she went through your university and came out with this kind of knowledge? She's not even good on socialism. No, I mean, look, this is we're talking about a philosophy capitalism that has raised multiple billions of people out of extreme poverty in the last 20 years. This is not this is not some ancient thing you have to think back and think, oh, well, what did Adam Smith think? It's happening right in front of your eyes. We've changed the entire world. People that used to die don't constantly. What is it? The, the number is uh, uh, 17,000 kids per day that used to die. And I think it was 1990. Yeah. Today don't largely because capitalism has spread throughout the world in modified form, by the way. God only knows what would have happened if we could have only done it uh, in a much uh, fuller way. But places like. You know, uh, you know, uh, India and uh, and China and places have adopted only small parts of it, and that's the reason it's not even more widespread. But it's coming so fast. All the innovations that have come from capitalism are being spread around the world and yeah, saving let's lives. Re- let's just remember, uh, the iPhone was not invented by DARPA, no, the federal government. 
It it hasn't. Think it about, wasn't. Think it, the, the revolutions that have been pushed back against be, just because of those sorts of technological advancements that have come from capitalism. Uh, tyranny is, is almost struck how many places, but we've been alerted about it. How do we know what's going on in Venezuela today? How do we know the actual inner workings of what's going on in the philosophy that Ocasio-Cortez is advocating for in Venezuela? The only reason we know is because capitalism has spread technology to places so that the poor of the poor in places like Venezuela can film each other as their kids are dying in the socialist hospitals. That is that is how dire and stark the difference here is. And yet she's on stage at South by Southwest, by the way, which is not a socialist conference. It's a very, very commercial conference. She's on stage there telling us about how capitalism sucks and socialism's the answer. I mean, it's, it is, we have reversed all sanity in this country. It, it, we are in absolutely we twilight We are zone. in an airplane, and we have, we have passengers in the first-class cabin with access to the pilots who are saying, we're telling you, we just have to turn these engines off. It's too loud in here. It's causing too much exhaust. And the rest of the cabin is going, no, 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 no. We, we should get on the ground first. Get on the ground. And we're going to make it from one place to another because of those engines. Those are worthless. If they were so important, why wouldn't they be in the cabin? Instead, they're out in the rain. They do nothing for us. Captain, turn those engines off, and it will be just as catastrophic as that scenario. Millions will die if they get their way. Millions, mark my words, millions will die. All right, LifeLock, tax season ramping up, only a month from tax day, so here are the tips that you need to reduce uh, becoming a victim of tax scams. Uh, here, you give the you give those three you give those three uh, tips, and uh, I'm going to give three tips on how you can survive tax season. Your first tip: Don't log into bank accounts on unsecured Wi-Fi networks. Uh, my tip: uh, Tip number one: uh, Buy a gallon of Jack Daniels. <laughs> number two: Don't prepare and file your tax returns on public computers. Uh, number two: Get a, a big glass. It could be like a like an old, you remember the old Folgers coffee cans? It needs to be about that size. Okay. Okay. And remember, IRS employees won't email you, so don't click on links within emails that claim to be from the IRS because it's probably a phishing scam. Right. And remember, uh, you can drink it out of the can, but Jack Daniels is fine straight right out of the bottle. There you go. <laughs> How to survive both people taking your identity and, uh, and also uh, how you can survive tax season. Now, Here's the thing. If you don't do one of those tips, or if you do my tips first, you probably will not be in any condition to be able to make sure that no one is hacking and taking all of your stuff. Okay? So that's why you have LifeLock. Because you can drink it right out of a coffee can, <laughs> and LifeLock's still going to be sober. They're going to know. And when you pick up the phone, they're like, "Do you? did you just try to open that account? You go, I don't, I don't, uh, uh, I don't, I, could be. Uh, and if there's a problem, they'll take care of it for you. LifeLock.com. Use the promo code BECK and save 10% now. Now is the time you really need it. LifeLock.com. Promo code BECK. 
10 seconds. Still uh, station ID. <laughs> So, uh, Democrats are starting to spook the valley, Silicon Valley. I've been waiting for this one to happen. Now, here's how this ends. May I skip to the ending? Here's how this ends. The uh, government getting so big and powerful that they uh, spook the hell out of these, you know, Amazon, Google, Apple, all these things. And so they... They compromise in the end, uh, and the uh, socialists declare a victory because now it's a it's a public-private partnership with Google. They're going to help. Facebook's going to help the government. The government's going to help them, and the government's going to guard our safety. That's how this ends. But right now, um, here's what's here's what's happening. Um, Elizabeth Warren and uh, Amy Klobuchar. They have proposals now to regulate big tech, and Silicon Valley doesn't like it so much. They've been very, very generous to the Democratic Party, and uh, now the Democrats are just saying, you're too big and too scary. So here's Senator Warren. She says that she wants to break up Amazon, Apple, Facebook, and Google and reverse many of their acquisitions including Facebook's acquisition of Instagram, WhatsApp, uh, and Amazon's uh, acquisition of Whole Foods, and Google's acquisition of Waze. Can you imagine after you have... Think think how crazy this is. Mm. Think how crazy this is. The federal government allows you to be a capitalist, you build your company, then after you build your company... And you've had this integrated into your system. They now say, oh, yeah, you're going to have to untangle all that. You got to get rid of those things. <sighs> Who the hell are you to tell me that? It really is amazing. Oh, it's uh, incredible. Uh, because they, they, they are not, they're not exactly uh, being subtle here. Oh, no. This is not, this is not a subtle uh, approach. Because okay. you think about these things of like you, you get into these specific tax plans because you think you can pay taxes now and then later on you won't have to pay them. Mm-hmm. Uh, who knows? With a socialist president, of course you're going to have to pay again. So you, they're also blocking companies from participating in the market they provide. So in other words, if Amazon has a, a, an Amazon product like you know Amazon Prime, you can't sell it at Amazon, but you could sell the services and the products for Amazon on Apple iTunes. But <laughs> but Apple what? couldn't sell Apple iTunes, so you'd have to get Apple iTunes on uh, Amazon and Amazon Prime on Apple, right? Right. That makes a lot of sense. Right. They can that you cannot distribute your own apps. In your own apps store. So there couldn't be an Apple app in the Apple app store. They'd also be prohibited from sharing user data with third parties, a rule that would threaten the very business model of advertising reliant companies like Facebook and Google. Right. I mean, you know, I know that sounds it sounds bad. You're sharing it with third parties. That's the entire format, right? Like that's that's what they're doing They're when you want to target an ad, an ad towards someone like for example i get a lot of ads uh, for cheese flavored snacks why because i really like cheese flavored snacks and so they know that i like cheese flavored snacks so they send me a lot of ads about cheese flavored snacks however in this proposal they would not be able to tell me 
if uh, they would not be able to tell the Cheetos company that I like cheese flavored snacks and want to hear about their latest development and or and or innovation. Now, now Klobuchar has a different proposal. Yeah. Now think of this. Think of this. She has one that she floated this weekend at South by Southwest that she would impose a tax on tech companies that exploit user data. Now I'm going to give you an, an alternative to this, but it's crazy. Okay. When they sell our data to someone else, she said, maybe they're going to have to tell us so we can put some sort of tax on it. Mm. Now, that's something that the masses should cheer about. Oh, yeah. Unlike my idea that um, you are a creator. Your life is about creating uh, information. Your life is creating a paper trail, information, things that are valuable to someone else. So if you want to sell my information, I guess I'm going to have to sell you my information. You can collect all of it, but I have access to it and I own it. You can use it for your purposes, but not to sell off of. But if you want to sell my information, some of us will be willing to sell our information to you. So screw the tax. Pay the people. Pay the people. Glenn, you want- the government is the people. Yeah, right. That's what you're missing. You give, you want my information, great. Pay me for my information. What a great left-wing approach, though. Right. I, yeah, you know what? There's something valuable that people have. Therefore, we should tax it. It's like, well, no. Well, well, no. Well, the per- people no, should be rewarded. No, they're taking it yeah, from us. Exactly. They're taking it from us. Mm-hmm. Now, they would argue that we're taking it in exchange for the services of a search engine and everything else. However, we, we now know how valuable each of our information is you know profiles really are especially when they're combined so we're going to create a people's union and collective bargain with google you're listening to glenn beck why not relief factor if you're in constant pain you are not alone millions of americans feel this way and i will tell you that millions of Americans uh, have changed their way of life. They have actually gotten their life back. They have changed their life because they've been dramatically able to reduce their pain. How? In my case, and I know, I know literally I've met hundreds of people who are the same. It is Relief Factor. Now, Relief Factor is 100% natural. It's drug-free. It was created uh, by doctors. It reduces inflammation. And you try it for three weeks. If you try it for three weeks, you should know if it's going to work or not. 70% of the people who try it for three weeks and take it three times a day, as directed, order more month after month because their pain is reduced. It's happened to me. Get your life back. ReliefFactor.com. Representative Ilan Omar has an interesting backstory. And we're going to go into that tonight on TV. Join BlazeTV.com. Use the promo code BECK and save 10 bucks. I look on my uh, list of uh, people that we're going to have as guests uh, in upcoming days. I looked on Friday, and I see uh, Oren uh, Hoffman, who is a guy who runs SafeGraph, which I, this is how the company is described, building geospatial truth sets. <laughs> Well, thank God somebody's doing that. Oh, yeah. I've been thinking that for a long time. No idea what that is described that way. But he's a guy who his company says data is really important and there should be one like central library for it. And as long as all of the information, all of the names and 
people are stripped out of it. It should be there should be a place like a safe library. So if you're an inventor and you're like, I need data on this, you can go get that data. It shouldn't be held in the hands of so few because the more you open that data up, the more you're going to be able to innovate while still protecting privacy concerns. Correct. Correct. Uh, so that's real. what his company does. He's on the uh, he's on the phone now. Oren, how are you? Hey, how are you? <laughs> Very good. Very good. You know, it wasn't me that put you on the list of uh, people to come on. Actually, it was Stu. He he <laughs> saw a tweet of yours, and um, he was uh, he brought it to me, or he brought it to the producers, and then we were talking about it the other day, and I'm like. I know. We, how did I not think of this? So welcome to the program. Glad to have you here. Oh, well, I'm happy to be here. Thank you yeah, so yeah, much yeah. For, for inviting me. <laughs> uh, so we wanted to talk to you really about a, a couple of things. First of all, we were just talking about data and how South by Southwest, all these politicians were out and they were all talking about socialism and everything else. And Elizabeth Warren and uh, Amy Klobuchar have now come out and said they want to break these companies up. To the point where Apple wouldn't be able to have an Apple app on their app store. <laughs> you know, it's crazy. Um, are you seeing any kind of uh, fallout or, or getting skittish at all on, on Washington out in Silicon Valley? Well, I think there's definitely there's definitely a movement of people that 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 are taking this like breakup very seriously mm-hmm. um, in Silicon Valley. And um, they're. You know, there are a lot of people on different sides of things who find some of those arguments compelling. And so I, I think I think that will have a lot of legs over the next few years. And it's a political argument that is um, that we should expect to be made. Um, I'm, I'm concerned about public private partnerships with some of these uh, companies. Does that concern you at all? Uh, what do you mean? You know, that these companies, because I feel like at at some point uh, the politicians are going to know if we had, you know, our fingers in big tech, we could use this to help move populations a certain way or whatever. Uh, And big tech will know if we don't play ball with them somewhat, they're going to they're going to just break us up. So let's let's get into bed fully with each other. Do you think that's a possibility? I, I, that may be a bit uh, higher than my pay grade, so okay. I, I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure whether okay. that's a possibility. Or okay, not. Um, let me talk to you a little bit about um, AI. Um, I just talked to somebody just last week who said they don't even think that you know uh, artificial general intelligence is something that's going to happen. Uh, I've talked to another friend who told me that DARPA is running an a, a, a algorithm. I don't even know how this works. You probably would. Uh, that that is is looking to see if anyone has started any kind of artificial intelligence. He said that they told him privately that it was uh, uh, looking like somebody was either started it or on the verge of releasing some sort of artificial intelligence. We're if we if it's not us, we're in trouble. Do you agree with that? That's right. Yeah. And there's varying degrees. We don't have to get all the way to AGI every every step in the direction of of artificial intelligence is is important for the United States. If you just from like as a military power. How far behind China are we? 
I'm not sure if we're behind China or not, but I do know that China and Russia uh, both have uh, amazing engineering teams and they're working on this aggressively and it's a, a priority for both countries. The last time we spoke, I asked you a question. I said, um, I feel like we need some sort of a Manhattan project. You know, we have to we have to do something, but I don't want a Manhattan project because I don't trust the government. And yet I don't trust Google either. Who do we trust? Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I, and one one's kind of simple solution just could be to make sure that the best AI scientists are in this country. Uh, and so, you know, if you if you just think of artificial intelligence as the most important battlefield and our rivals like Russia and China think it also is the most important bi- battlefield, then we want as many of the top brains in AI residing in the U.S. and having a positive attitude toward the U.S. So you what, what brought this to Stu's attention was that you uh, tweeted a, a while back that you thought we needed a Manhattan project. And, and I want you to outline that. But it's not really a Manhattan Project like I think of a Manhattan Project where it's the government actually running it. Uh, It's just the government enabling people to come in. Is that how you see it? Yeah, exactly. In in some ways, like it's similar to gathering like the top rocket scientists post World War II. Um, you want as many of these great AI engineers as possible. And there, there's likely less than 20,000 top researchers in AI in the world. And at least half of them live outside the U.S. today. Wow. Um, and many of them live in places like Canada. The University of Toronto is one of the top AI centers in the world. But they also live in China and Russia, India, France, Israel, Iran, you know, Germany, U.K., Japan, South Korea, You know, many of these countries. Um, and so we should have a system, I think, to identify these people uh, and then to attract them to the U.S., either give them some sort of special visa, give them things like stipend visa for their spouse, you know, some sort of fast track to becoming a citizen. Get these people here. Get these people happy um, because we want as many of these people here as possible. And there's not that many. We're not talking about hundreds of thousands of people. We're talking about maybe 10,000 worldwide to attract to the U.S., could we attract them? Because I know these countries are gobbling these people up and not letting them leave. Well, it might be harder to attract them from Russia and China, but uh, but you know many of these people who are in other countries would be very happy to live in the U.S. if the, if we were able to give them a compelling reason to come. What is the for the average person, Oren? Pe- people. Um, they don't have they, they don't have a concept of what this means. Uh, they don't know why the government is, you know, so worried about 5G. C- explain what the world looks like with the AI that you think we could have soon. Well, I, I think AI is, is just a very important for both both attacking and defending militarily. So AI can help. Um, If you just think of it as as purely from a cyber warfare, AI is is both really important if you want to defend your your assets. Um, So if you want to defend your um, uh, nuclear assets or whatever else you're defending, and then also very important if you're attacking other people's assets. And so um, and it doesn't have to be AGI, like you mentioned at the top of the show. It just could be some sort of incremental improvements over what we have today. And every incremental improvement um, makes you as a power uh, more 
you know, more fearsome, both as a defender and as a um, and on offense as well. We're talking to Aaron Huff, uh, Hoffman. He is um, the um, the founder. Are you the CEO too of uh, Safegraph? Uh, uh, I am. Yeah. Okay, um, of Safegraph dot uh, com uh, from Silicon Valley, and I I um, I know that you call yourself a optimistic pessimist i call myself an optimistic <laughs> catastrophist uh exp- explain what an optimi- optimistic uh pessimist is and why well uh i i think it's important to 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 be a realist uh so i'm, I'm optimistic about the future but also a realist as well so, Arne, a lot of we've been spending a lot of time on this show talking about immigration, and a lot of it, the conversation ten, tends to go to a point where, okay, we're talking about what's what's is there a wall? Is you know what's going on at the border? But there are a lot of smart things I think we can do as far as immigration, and I think your policy, your idea, kind of stems part of that is part of that conversation is not just it's not just making. Um, uh, you know, business easier for businesses to to come in and, and and operate in these circles. But also, when we're talking about attracting these scientists, it's maybe. Do you think it's a, is it a special visa? Is it uh, what? It, how do we actually get people to come here to the United States to develop these things for us rather than for China or Russia? So one thing is, I think it's really hard is just identifying these people, um, and so. Uh, and having some sort of way of uh, some sort of way where other core AI researchers vouch for you and there's some sort of way to identify these people. I don't think that that is such a simple thing, um, and especially for like a government entity to go do. Uh, once we do that, making sure that they can come here easily, that it's also really important that their spouse can work. Um, so getting getting a simple way for their spouse can work and get a visa, getting some sort of um, uh, citizen fast track, uh, giving them other reasons to come in. Uh, you know, immigration is is really important for uh, getting these top scientists here. I think maybe the debate is almost over emigration, um, and so th- I think that's what where like something like a China or Russia, they're probably less likely to let their top scientists emigrate. Um, they're probably very happy to have people immigrate, and they are trying to tap our top scientists. Uh, I don't know. So that, that's that I haven't heard of that, but, but uh, I do. Certainly they, <laughs> certainly they should be if they if that's yeah. uh, it, certainly they should be. Yeah. Aaron, thank you so much. Uh, we'll talk to you again. Appreciate it. Aaron Huffman. Absolutely. Thank you so much. You bet. CEO of uh, Safecraft. All right. Let me tell you about our sponsor. It is Goldline. Um, Goldline has the new 2019 version of the legal tender bar. Now, what a legal tender bar is is something that I actually said to Goldline years ago. Is there something? Is there something that I can like have and carry around that, is like, in case things, you know, the banks close and you're not sure what's going on, and I don't have any money on me, something I could have in my wallet that is that could be currency that's like, you know, gold or something, and you don't want to have a whole lot of gold on you. Um, 
but a tenth of an ounce would uh, take care of things in an emergency. So they have the legal tender bar, and it was made by the Canadian Mint just for Goldline. Now, it comes in a new credit card uh, size barter case that slides open so you can, you know, take them and use them for barter. But it's really made for everyday carry in your purse or your wallet or your backpack. And it makes sure that wherever you are, whatever the situation is, you have something that will get you home. Call today. See how easy it is to order gold or silver. See how easy and see if it's right for you and your your uh, financial situation to own gold or silver. They're waiting for your phone call right now. I really like these people, the operators, um, because they like you. They like the audience. They rave about you. Every time I see them, they're like, you have the best audience. They're so kind and polite. Call 866-GOLDLINE, 1-866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. You know, we, we watch these Sunday shows so you don't have to here on the Glenn Beck program. Let me, uh, let me play Liz Cheney on, on Chuck Todd uh, battling uh, on uh, Elon, uh, Elon uh, Omar and the resolution on anti-Semitism. Listen to this. There was some concern by singling her out. You only make her a target. And they pointed to that West Virginia Republican Party flyer. Chuck, I, I'm sorry, but this but is getting. But my point is, we are getting. You can describe it that way, Chuck. You can describe it that way. In a very dangerous way, though. You can describe it that way, but you are wrong. When you have a situation in this country and around the world where we have seen a global rise in anti-Semitic attacks, when we have had the kinds of attacks that you had on the synagogue here in the United States recently, that is a moment when you absolutely a motive on the right. That guy was motivated by right-wing fringe ideology. Anti-Semitic. Right. Anti-Semitic. No matter where it comes from, is wrong. And when you're in a situation where you are an elected official, where we are in a situation where we have the history that we have, what happens when you don't stand up and say, this is evil, and call it what it is? We all have an obligation to do that. And I think it is absolutely shameful that Nancy Pelosi and Leader Hoyer and the Democratic leaders yeah. will not put her name in a resolution on the floor and condemn yeah. her remarks and remove her from the House Foreign Affairs Committee. you feel comfortable that President Trump's done enough to tamp down this right-wing fringe anti-Semitism that's Look, been rising up? I don't believe this is right or left. I think that this is an issue on which all of us should come together, particularly elected officials, the president, the vice president, members of the Senate and the House, no matter what your party is, stand up and say in today's world, when anti-Semitism is on the rise, when we have the history that we have, when we know what happens when people remain silent, every single one of us must at all times stand against. All right. So let's let's just take this. First of all, yeah, what do you think, Trump? Look, may I, Chuck, say what my mother used to say to me and And I'm sure your mother used to say it, and you've just forgotten. Chuck, I don't care who started it. Who's going to stop it? Chuck, I don't care what he did or she did. I care about what you did. That's what my mother used to say. And I think we all need to hear my mother from time to time, just, just once in a while. I don't care what they're doing. What are you doing? That's what need. That's what leadership does. They solve their problem before they try to solve anybody else's, and they don't blame it on anybody else. Now, he was trying to say, well, the Republicans and the right wing. Well, yeah, there was the bumper sticker pipe bomb guy. I'm not sure that the guy in Pittsburgh was right wing ideology. Um, Maybe he was. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll point out that as bad behavior and stuff that needs to be called out absolutely positively. But let me ask you, have we had more of a problem seeing... Uh, violent anti-Semitism from the right right wing or the left wing? 
or from people from the Islamic ring or wing. I mean, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about someone who is Islamic, who came from the Middle East and is saying things. And the excuse is, well, they just don't know our culture. They just don't know that those things are wrong. No, well, then they need to learn, and they need to learn quickly. Maybe before they're elected into the House of Representatives? You Correct. Think that's a- hmm. Correct. And, Chuck, honestly, if you if you wanted, if you want some more on why it needs to be condemned, watch my TV show tonight at 5, because I got all the goods tonight You're at 5. To Glenn Beck.